You've entered the Prosperity Dimension. A dimension of sci-fi adventure. A dimension of small biz excitement. A dimension where Nicole Fendi shows you how to build your profits and have a swashbuckling good time. And now, here's Nicole Fendi. Welcome back to the Prosperity Dimension. I'm Nicole Fendi, your host. Today, we have Jackie Huba. She's the author of the new book, Fiercely You, Be Fabulous and Confident by Thinking Like a Drag Queen, <laughs> which I love. It helps people become more self-assured and fearless at work and in life. She translated the book into an unforgettable TEDx talk in Vancouver in 2015. That talk made TED Talk history with her presentation, Unleash the Power of Your Inner Drag Queen. It was the first ever TED Talk to be done by a female drag queen. She's the author of three previous books on customer loyalty, including, and it's an excellent book, Monster Loyalty, How Lady Gaga Turns Followers into Fanatics. She's a sought-after keynote speaker and consultant and has helped leading companies such as Discovery Communications, Whirlpool, and Dell create more loyalty in their customer base. Plus, she lives in Austin, Texas. So, <laughs> keeping Texas weird. <laughs> Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I appreciate it. Well, I'm really excited to have you. Your new book, Fiercely You, Be Fabulous and Confident by Thinking Like a Drag Queen, just launched. And it centers on your interviews with the world's top drag queens and your personal experience doing drag as the amazing lady trinity i've got to ask how did this get started i mean i'm sure everyone's wondering this right yeah <laughs> and i me. <laughs> sometimes i wonder how it happened too you know because <laughs> i'm sort of an ex you know corporate person i worked at ibm for 11 years i worked for a couple startups i wrote a couple books and but you know it wasn't like 3 or 4 years ago though 47 years old i really it was funny because I really found myself kind of stuck. You know, I had gotten out of a personal relationship, a long time relationship. Um, my career, I just, I think I wasn't really fulfilled anymore. I was kind of bored with the work. I felt that I was sort of stifled creatively. And I just thought there was more going on in the world that I should be a part of. And I wasn't, and I didn't know it, you know, at that sort of age in life, if I could just reinvent myself go do something different. And I literally was just sitting on the couch one night flipping channels and I stumbled upon this TV show called RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yes. I love that show. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, I think it's the best show on television. Just got nominated for two Emmys, including best host for RuPaul, the most mm -hmm. famous drag queen in the world. But yes. what I saw in this show, they really took you behind the scenes of the art form of drag. And what I saw was these men who were creating these really kind of fierce female characters. They were bold and dynamic and supremely confident. And sitting on the couch, I thought, you know what? They're creating characters of people I want to be. If they can create a, an amazing persona that's this fabulous, confident woman, maybe there's something in there that I should learn from them and how to do the exact same thing every day. It really is inspiring to hear you talk about this. And I know I've had those moments and, you know, you hit certain points in your life, like, you know, the 40 year old Mark and you think, can I even, re uh, you know, when you said, can you reinvent yourself? 
I love that you're saying that. And just so our listeners know, Jackie and I got to meet in person in February at an event. And we were talking, and Jackie, you really inspired me saying, just go for it, be Brenna Rain, just go all out. And it is rather liberating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, you know, I write books for a living, and I, there was just something about this idea of drag, and I thought, well, I don't know what the premise of this next book is, but it's just got to be about this drag. Because I got so obsessed, I started seeing drag queens in person. I started asking them if I could interview them. So I've interviewed over 17 queens, actually all of them on Drag Race, because they're really, they're kind of the best of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. I remember someone saying to me, now, if you're going to write about drag, you really have to do it. And at the time, I didn't really realize that women doing drag as a female character was even a thing. I didn't and know it was a thing. Yeah, a lot of people don't. And there are lots of categories of drag that have been out there for a long time, but they're just not that well known because most people think of guys doing drag. But there's actually women who do male character. It's actually called it being a drag king. And then there's women who do an over the top female character, very different from themselves. And they call it a bio queen or a, I just call it a female drag queen. So I think it's easier to understand. But it was funny because I remember thinking, really, you think I need to do drag to do this? And then I thought, you know what? I could use this book as cover. It's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just researching for the book. I'm just, you know, I'm just playing. But then when you get into it, you're like, bitch, you got to do this. It just gave me an excuse to like go all out, you know, and it was like a really one of the weirdest things, but one of the most amazing things I've ever done. So when you first told me you have this character, Lady Trinity, I thought, okay, and I made an assumption and we all know what happens when you make assumptions. Then it's an important lesson in business in general that as a woman, you wouldn't be welcomed by the drag community or at least not doing a woman. So how did, when you reached out to the people, particularly you said from Drew Paul's Drag Race, how did they react to you when you reached out to them? They love it. All of the drag community has been super, super accepting of women. And I didn't know that. But as I've gotten, and my, you know, my drag mother is a drag queen as well. She's actually a transgender woman, which I've gotten a lot to know about that community now. But all of the drag community, I mean, they love drag. So if you want to do what they're doing, they're like more power to you. They're like, we're impersonating women. Why would we not think women should be allowed to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they're super accepting. And the only kind of weirdness I've gotten is from people who don't know that much about drag. They think that maybe we ladies are, I don't know, maybe appropriating, you know, gay culture or something. And I've gotten a little bit of that. And I actually write about some queens in London in the book, female queens who have gotten even way more hate and misogyny than I have. So I don't know. In Austin, they've been great. All the drag queens from Drag Race that I know, and some of them are good friends of mine, they love it. They love that women are now realizing that they've always been able to do this. Mm -hmm. And more and more women are doing it, actually. Mm -hmm. So when you went to create a character, tell us about Lady Trinity. Yeah, I mean, it's real. Can I say it's a very daunting thing when you say, okay from scratch, I'm going to create a character. Like if you're cosplaying somebody, you know, who's a comic book character or a television or movie character, at least you have their aesthetic. You have, you know, you kind of can mirror that. But when you start from scratch, it's almost like, oh my God, who do I want to be? And so instantly I thought, well, what are some amazing female characters who I admire and I would love to be more like? And I thought about Lady Gaga, as you said, my last book was on her. And actually, Lady Gaga is just a drag persona. I mean, she her name. Does, she right? did that, though, right? She did, and she did 
there's a MTV. She was on what was it MTV Awards or VMA or something where she did drag. She was a drag king. You said she was a drag king. Yeah, yes, she actually did drag king. She has a character called Joe Calderon, which was in her You and I video, the video Mm -hmm. for You and I. She plays herself and she plays two characters, and she did the MTV Music Awards as Joe Calderon, but. Her name is Stephanie Germanata. I went back and looked at my research and I started to realize, holy crap, I remember an interview where she talked about when she was 19, she was just starting out in the industry, very male-dominated, misogynistic record industry. She was 19, she's five foot one, little tiny thing, mm-hmm. and she was very scared and she built this Lady Gaga personality with the persona, with the big wigs, giant shoulder pads, you know, seven-inch heels, because that gave her power. Interesting. Yeah, so that's a drag character that she built. And I'm realizing she built it for confidence. So I thought about Lady Trinity. So I take Lady for Lady Trinity from Lady Gaga and then Trinity from the Matrix movies, Mm. which I love. She's a badass. She holds her own with other guys in the film and fighting the machines. I love her kind of sleek aesthetic. It kind of Mm -hmm. reminds me of a dominatrix in a way with all of her latex and things like that. So that's how I got Lady Trinity. Oh, yeah, I love the Trinity character from The Matrix. So <laughs> I didn't realize that's where you got it from. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she definitely kicks ass. So, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, as Lady Trinity, it's amazing. Like, I, it is almost like a superhero costume when you actually put on the whole thing and the mm-hmm. wigs and, and actually like feeling it out. Like, I actually went on two drag cruises with. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. As part of this whole immersion into drag, 40 drag queens from Drag Race, 2,000 fans of drag from around the world. And I hadn't even done drag yet, but I kind of had the whole get up on. And then you start to realize, like, wow, you're really taking on different character personality traits that you would never like you would never say these things in your real life you would never do the you would never wear these things I mean I'm wearing skimpy stuff I would never as a woman I would (laughs) never wear in my real life Mm -hmm. but I don't care because Lady Trinity will wear whatever she wants and Lady Trinity knows that she looks amazing and no one can tell her that she isn't so it's really a really crazy thing to try I really think everyone should try a drag makeover just to see how it feels even how does one do that I mean you because you made the comment it's hard starting from scratch it's differently and you mentioned cosplay and a lot of our listeners have at least seen cosplay contests if not participated in cosplay at a con but this is different because you are starting from scratch how does one Give it a go. How do you even start? Yeah. Well, luckily, my book is there to help you. (laughs) (laughs) It really is a guide to thinking like a drag queen. And, you know, we say in the book, you know, you don't have to do drag to do all of these things. We have these things we call the five keys to fierce. If you want to think like a drag queen, you would do these five things. Mm -hmm. Now, we have this section we call notes for your drag diary, where we actually give you homework to record in your drag diary. And we have things we call items to do for people who we call it, who are drag curious. Mm. So interesting. (laughs) Yes. Again, you don't have to do drag to follow the things in the book. You just have to learn how to apply these drag queen principles to your everyday life. But Mm -hmm. if you want to go as far as building a drag character, creating the outfit, knowing how they walk, we have all of that in there for you. Mm -hmm. And also I think, Here's what I also suggest. Befriend a local drag queen in your town. I'm not kidding. Because they know how to do makeup. They know how to do wig styling. Like they can actually, I don't know about all of them, but a lot of them, you know, 
for a fee, they will probably help you because they get that all the time. A lot of them are makeup artists. They will help you develop that out if you really want to. Or we have workshops actually that we're putting together if you want to come and do it in a group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're having one day workshops and full on weekend retreats in Austin where we will help you develop that out and we will put you up there and you will lip sync for your life. <laughs> Ooh, I know. I'm, okay, if you have never watched, for our listeners, if you've never watched RuPaul's Drag Race, in the end, if you're at the bottom, you have to lip sync for your life. <laughs> That's and right. It's, you know, you were talking about this larger than life persona and I hadn't realized what I loved so much about that show until you were talking. And it is that fierce, because you know what? Drag queens aren't going to have the perfect female body, right? right. But yet they right. get out there and they have these amazing outfits and, you know, like you said, over the top stuff, but they're so confident. They're not perfect. And I use perfect. I don't mean that they're really, someone really needs to be perfect, but we as women can tend to judge ourselves. Yeah, that is absolutely right. And what I have learned from them is that, you know, in order to really be a good drag queen, you have to be supremely confident in what you're doing. And this idea of looking the part, we have a key called always look sickening in your everyday drag. And one of the drag queens we use kind of as a role model and that we profile is this drag queen. I love her name is Latrice Royale. Mm-hmm. And she calls herself chunky yet funky, large <laughs> and in charge. <laughs> and she is like a 300 pounds man, six uh-huh. foot two man. I mean, she is a big man, but uh-huh. with corseting and with makeup. And I mean, she is, she looks amazing. She looks like a glamazon, but she's not a small, you know, twiggy thing. Right. But when she's in drag, she will tell you, she's like, I feel amazing. And I own that. And so, you know, if drag can make Latrice Royale feel and look amazing, we can use dress. I call it dressing for power. I always look sick in your everyday drag translates to dress for power. So you find those things that make you feel amazing and then they will actually change your behavior. And in the book, every one of the keys is actually backed up by psychology research. And so my co-author breaks down this idea of enclosed cognition, which Mm -hmm. means that if you put things on that make you feel powerful, it actually changes your behavior. You actually do things that you might never do because you actually feel more powerful wearing that thing. It's the same with drag. And that's kind of the parallel that we make with it. So I've seen this impact in a different way when I've done workshops on pricing mistakes people make. And one of the big pricing mistakes people make is they devalue themselves. Even before they get to the point of asking the client for money, they're already, you know, oh, I'm going to knock off this. I'm going to knock off that. And they play these head games. And I've discovered even if someone doesn't like science fiction at all, if you put a lightsaber in their hands, suddenly they're more confident. And I have a collection because I am a true geek. I have a collection of like full replica, like the high end expensive full movie replica lightsabers. And I bring them to workshops and you put that in somebody's hand and all of a sudden they sit up straighter. They're talking more confidently. It's amazing what happens. And I hadn't realized that's what was going on. I mean, I saw it happen, but I didn't know why. And, you know, I'll say things to people like find something that makes you feel that way. Get a lightsaber. Get for some women, it's a boa, right? Like a feather boa. You know, for others, it might be a leather jacket. So what you're saying is even a piece of it 
how do you start tying it back into your day-to-day life? Because you may not be able to do drag every day, right? So how do you yeah. start bringing well, you, that in? Actually, you do do drag every day. Okay. So, how, how does that work? Well, RuPaul has a great saying. He says, you were born naked and the rest is drag. Mm. So you walk out every day as a drag persona, right? You put on, you clearly put stuff on, you clearly do your hair a certain way, you talk a certain way and you have lots of personas, right? So if you're at work, you have like maybe a professional persona or maybe with your kids, it's kind of more nurturing, different. We all have personas. We all put them on. It's just, we don't think about it. So when you're with your client and they say, oh, how much would it be for you to do this service this idea of like the lightsaber or, or you think of yourself as your drag persona, how would your drag persona answer that question? Your drag persona would say, this is my fee. Boom. Hold it. Like right. state it out there. Cause that's what I'm worth, honey. And you don't say that, but I mean, <laughs> in your head, you're but like, you can yeah, think it, right? in, in your head, you think what would, how would a drag queen answer this question? She would be like, boom, this is it. And you wait for the answer. Yep. And then maybe they, you know, then you can negotiate. But, you know, you start out with the fee that you deserve because, honey, you deserve it. Yes. That's what you're worth. And don't let anyone tell you you're not. And I see that same issue is with consultants as well and anyone pricing services. It's a challenge because you want to meet their needs. But, you know, you're worth what you're worth because you are very talented. So stick to it. Absolutely. I love that. And I see the tie over into a more like people who are more listening that are more traditional geeks like me. It's also like role playing, you know, traditional like Dungeons and Dragons role playing RPG. You are putting on a persona. You are thinking, how would this person act? And to put that on, it gives you that almost a degree of separation so you can give yourself the advice you deserve. Right. And it's funny because the psychology behind this is actually called power priming your brain. So it's when you think of yourself as a powerful person. So Mm -hmm. if you're cosplaying as a powerful person or you have a drag persona, whatever, when you're about to do something and you need some confidence, you think, when was I powerful before? Oh, or who's powerful that I can pretend I'm like? Mm -hmm. They, They call that parasocial relationships where you kind of take on the characteristics of someone you admire. But you're priming your brain with power so that when you need to do that thing, you're like, oh, what would so-and-so do? Or what would my drag persona do? You prime your brain with it. And then you're much more likely to take a risk. You're much more likely to be more confident. And it's this getting outside yourself into another character. It's that's what causes it. That's what causes you to think differently and act differently. Oh, that's fascinating. So I have to ask, like when you're on a drag cruise, I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but I'm dying of curiosity. It's my besetting sin. (laughs) Do you like dress up as your character the whole time? As your drag persona? How does that work? Well, for this drag cruise, it was really about fans of the drag queens, right, who were on Um, the boat. Believe me, people cosplay the drag queens. Really? Oh my God, I love it. Oh yes. In fact, there's a woman in my book named Courtney Conkers and she's part of a group she calls the Drag Coven. And there's these young 20-somethings from Toronto, Canada, and they cosplay the queens from Drag Race. Oh my God, I love it. Their outfits. Yes. (laughs) Because a lot of these queens are so iconic. They have amazing aesthetics and Mm -hmm. iconic outfits as part of the challenges on the show. And so they cosplay them all the time. So there were a lot of people cosplaying them on the cruise. And then every single night of the cruise is a costume party. Mm. Most people don't have drag personas, just so happen I do. 
So I was going as my drag persona. Mm-hmm. So it was so much work because I was just starting out. I didn't even know how to do my makeup or anything. And here I am, you know, trying to do drag and show up at these costume parties and not look like a booger, as they say in the drag world. A booger? <laughs> a booger queen. Yeah, that means you're like, you look terrible. <laughs> I kind of guessed it wasn't complimentary. <laughs> oh, and they would also call it looking busted. So, Got it. <laughs> not be a busted queen. So how are you finding this? You know, let's step back from the specifics and step back a little bit to business in a broader scope. How are you finding business and the broader population responding to this type of book? My co-author and I actually targeted it at women initially because we we know that and there's been a lot of research around this, this confidence gap that women have compared to men. Books like Lean In and books like The Confidence Code, which actually detailed what is the word I'm looking for? The way we're raised as women oh, as well. Yeah, socialized maybe. Yes, yes. How we're socialized as well as the biological side, you know, having less testosterone. All of these things contribute to women having a lot less confidence in men. And that really bears itself out when you see women being able to ask for raises and promotions and Mm -hmm. women succeeding at upper levels of management and having the confidence to do that. So we thought that, and I've done a lot of workshops, corporate workshops, public workshops with women to develop their drag persona that they can use. But we're finding actually a lot of men are reading the book Hmm. and they love it as well. Yeah. And even on my book tour coming up, I thought, oh, I'm just, I'm going to speak to a lot of women's groups. No, I'm speaking to like Electronic Arts, the gaming company Mm -hmm. here. And then we have a giant office here. I'm speaking to the entire, everybody. Because this idea of persona, really, it is, that's really a cross-gender thing that doesn't have anything to do with just women. So I just have to tailor a little bit, but everybody can benefit from these ideas. It's just so interesting because that's not how we started thinking about it, but that's, right. that's the feedback we're getting. Right. Oh, it's fascinating. And well, and it makes sense because, you know, even though, as you say, and I'm very familiar with the research as well about the confidence gap and, you know, having worked in finance and worked internationally would not see as many women at the executive level. But, you know, men also, they have things too that they're looking at and wanting to be better. I mean, and it is, like I said, you know, I go back, for all our listeners, if you've never watched RuPaul's Drag Race, you need to watch it, at least one episode, because the confidence and the joy too, I mean, they just get so much joy out of what they do. They're just happy. I wonder if that's part of it is you were saying, you know, it was okay as Lady Trinity to dress a certain way or say a certain thing. And perhaps that's the appeal is that stripping away of all these shoulds society has placed on us. That's exactly right. Especially for women. I mean, we are judged so harshly on what we wear. You know, there I have a study in the book, even that I, it's more on the corporate side where you look at performance reviews. Mm-hmm. Women, the comments, if there's critical comments, what they find is that women, those critical comments are way more judged on their personality than men. It's like 2% are being judged on their personality and like 78% of the critical comments on the women's were about their personality. You know, you're too bitchy or it's hard to get along with you. You're too abrasive. And it's Mm -hmm. like, we are really criticized so much. And so we kind of dumb down sometimes what we do, or we hide elements of ourselves. And drag is about 
releasing everything, not taking yourself seriously, having a sense of humor, Mm -hmm. just being whoever you want to be, unleashing all the creativity that you have. I love, there's one drag queen in the book, Coco Montries, who says, you know, with drag, there's no rules. Because I was asking her, like, what should I do? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I create this drag race? She's like, there's no rules. Whatever you do is right. Whatever you do is right. And it was so freeing to know that in drag, really, you can do anything. And if people judge you, the other, we have another key called tell your critics to sashay away. (laughs) Because if you can do anything, drag queens learn to like sort of just shake that stuff off with a flip of the wig. Like criticism just bounces off because they're used to it, getting it, especially because they're, you know, they're exploring gender boundaries in a very still heteronormative world. So some people still don't get it that this is, you know, parody and that this is whatever. And they get a lot of criticism. So they can't let it bother them because they love what they do. They just shake it off. And as women, we need to learn to just hard. We need to learn to do the same, to kind of shake off that negativity and criticism and say, you know what? I am amazing. And I'm not listening to that. So, you know, whatever. The hard part is when it's your inner critic, Mm. That is the hardest. Hardest to leave that behind. Yep. That's right. So we talk in the book about how we internalize these negative voices and then it's ourselves saying these negative things and then we ruminate on it. We get stuck on it. We have this part of the book in this key where we tell people how to get away from that. And we say, look, if you hear a negative voice telling you something, you're not good enough or you're too fat, whatever, Mm -hmm. it's not you talking It's a nasty person named Felicia who's talking. (laughs) And what do you say to Felicia? Okay, yep. You you say, bye, Felicia. (laughs) People people know that term from the movie Friday, right? It's sort of like a dismissal of this mooch in the movie. And so we say, that's how we say, like, put a persona on that. It's not Mm -hmm. you talking. If you hear that negative voice in your head, it's actually persona named Felicia Teller by Felicia. And it's so hilarious because the general manager of my condo building was actually reading the book. And she said, you know, these are really good strategies and tenants for young girls. So she's got a 12 year old daughter and she shared not all of the book, but a lot of these principles. And now she said she's created a monster because her 12 year olds running around going bye, Felicia. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when she, when she sees something that she doesn't like. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. Funny. I love it. Well, Jackie, obviously you have a lot more to offer and I want to make sure our listeners know about your website. They know you have a newsletter so they can be bold as a drag queen every day. Please tell people how they can get more information on all this. Yes, our new headquarters for all of this, for the newsletter, for workshops, speaking, all of that. It's called enterthequeendom.com. Okay. EnterTheQueendom.com and you'll find everything you need to know. EnterTheQueendom.com and I love it. EnterTheQueendom.com. Be as bold as a drag queen every day and tell Felicia bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) See you later. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, this was great stuff, great stuff for our listeners. And I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was wonderful for me as well. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you having me. And I want to say thanks to everyone listening. A reminder that we're here every week, the Prosperity Dimension. And you can get your free chapter downloaded of the Prosperity Dimension at sci-fibiz.com. That's sci-fibiz.com. 
Remember, we're the place where sci-fi, small business, and profit collide. 